Okay, um, today's daf is daf Kuf Tes Vov, 115. We're going to start from the new Perek, uh, Kol Kisve. Um, yeah, today's shir is uh, for Le'ilu Nishmas Basia Ben Eliyahu and Shraga Fivel Ben Poruch. May their memory be a blessing. And it's for Rafur Shleim of Liron Ben Liat. May have a full and speedy recovery. Um, yeah, so this new Perek... We're quite interesting. Let's learn the Mishnah. There's quite a few points to discuss on it. But it says, All holy writings you can save from a fire. What do we, what do we mean when we say, So Rashi points out, our Mishnah is discussing, Okay? Um, important to note, we'll discuss this a bit later on, but they didn't really have any other Kisvei Kodesh. Okay, um, so that's the so that's the first point. You save all kisvei kodesh from a fire. There's two chidushim in that. There's two there's two points in that. Two novel two halachas that's coming to teach it. Firstly, generally, as we'll see in this perek, we don't generally the rabbis restricted what we're allowed to save from a fire. The effort we're allowed to put in to save things from a fire, the rabbis really limited, and we'll learn that in this chapter. But you are allowed to save Kisvei Kodesh. That's the first thing. And the second thing that it's coming to teach, Rashi points out, is that you're allowed to carry these things from uh, Rishus, from your Rishus Ayochid into the Mabu that doesn't have an Eruv. So kind of like into a Carmelis. So generally you would not be allowed to carry from a Rishus Ayochid into a Carmelis that doesn't have a proper Eruv. And for the Kisvei Kodesh to save them from a fire, you are allowed to. So those are the two points that it's coming to teach us. Now we're just going to delineate certain um, aspects to this halacha. Whether we're speaking about the Kisvei Kodesh that you read from, or the Kisvei Kodesh that you don't read from. Rashi, Rashi tells us that there was a ban on learning Kisuvim. Um, I'll come back to why there was a ban on learning Suvim, but you weren't allowed to learn Suvim. You're still allowed to save them. This is Afal Pishek Suvim Bechol Loshan, and even if they're written in another language, gen, um, there's a discussion whether, whether you're actually allowed to learn a Chumash or Tanakh written in another language. Okay, again, very foreign to us because we all take for granted we have our English uh, Chumashim, etc. But that's another question. Um, so you're allowed to save them from a fire, even if they're written in, and even if they're written in any language, to unin gniza, you put them away safely. It means you don't leave them lying around that they get uh, destroyed in it, and to ruin, you put them away safely. Um, when we use the word gniza, we mean put in shamus and bury them, but here it just means put them away safely. Why are you not allowed to read from these books? Because it will stop people going to the base medrash. Rashi explains, this is good Musa for us on Shabbos. He says that, or, yeah, so they used to have the public droshas on Shabbos, and part of the things that they would learn in those droshas would be uh, the halachas of Shabbos, what they are allowed, or the general halachas, but maybe specifically halachas of Shabbos, what they are or are not allowed to do on Shabbos. And therefore, if people were allowed to read Ksuvim, which seems like a highlight, people love reading. Then they would decide, and it's Musar a lot of it, they feel, you know what, I'm getting my inspiration, I'm getting my ethical advice, I'm not going to go to the drosha. And it's, uh, prefer it. 
So no, they banned reading Suvim by individuals so that they would go to the Drosha and learn some of the halachas of Shabbos. And that in its own right is an interesting discussion when we... Uh, um, the, the importance of knowing halacha as opposed to just uh, being inspired and motivated and ethical. There's, I guess, with all the inspiration in the world, how are you going to serve Hashem if you don't know the halachas, how to serve Him? Okay, the Gemara says, Itmar, if you have these Kisvei Kodesh written in a trance in Targum, that means an Aramaic translation, or any other language, Rav Huna says, you do not save them from the fire, and Rav Chizda says, you do save them from the fire. Yeah. Now there's a Machloikes in Maseches Megillah, where you're actually allowed to read a translation. You're allowed to read a translation of another Sefer. So Rav Chizda Omar, um, so Ali Bedaman to Omar Nisnu Likrois Behem. Obviously, according to the Tana who says you are allowed to read them, to Kuliyama Loi Pligi to Matsilin, everyone agrees that you can save them. If you're allowed to read from them, you're allowed to have them. They're Kadosh and you must save them. Ki Pligi, what point do they argue on? Ki Pligi, Ali Bedaman to Omar Loi Nisnu Likrois Behem. They argue according to the opinion that. You're not allowed to read them. Rav Huna Omar Rav Huna says you're not allowed to save them because you're not allowed to read them. There you have illegal possessions. It seems they lose their kedusha. I'm trying to remember what was. Yeah, we'll see, John. And Rav Chizda Omar Matzilin Mishum Bizon Kisaykolish. Rav Chizda says no, you still save them because it's degrading to holy works. Granted, you have this Chumash written in English. It still could, even though there's a ban against reading it, you're not allowed to read it, it's still Kadosh, and if you just leave it to get burnt, it's degrading to it. So Rav Kizda says you do save them. Okay, so that's the Machloikas again. According to the opinion that you're not allowed to read a translation, Rav Kizda comes along and says, you do still save translations, whether it's Targum, Aramaic, or whether it's... Uh, English or Greek or as you'll see all different languages you can save it from a fire and Rav Huna says you do not so Tanan we learned in our Mishnah call Kitzvei HaKodesh all holy works all holy works again this is quoting from our Mishnah all holy works you can save them from a fire whether they want you allowed to read from or whether they want you not allowed to read from and even though they're written in any language now the Gemara asks my love this must be the pshat, the explanation of our Mishnah. Bohem, what are the parts of Tanakh, Kisvei Kodesh, holy writings that you're allowed to read? Is Nevi'im. Yeah, I'll just re-emphasize, remember I said right at the beginning, that when discussing Kisvei Kodesh, um, we're referring to Torah, Nevi'im, and Ksuvim, because nothing else was allowed to be written down. It was the oral Torah. The Torah Shepalpe is not allowed to be written down. So, um, so, 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 yeah, so let's just go back. So, let's read. So, he said, so the, my love, and must be this is how you understand the Mishnah. Shekorin Bohem, what's the part of the Tanakh you're allowed to read? Kitzvay Kodesh, Nevi'im. That's referring to Nevi'im. Besha'ain Korin Bohem, what you're not allowed to read from them? Ksuvim, the Ksuvim. And Afalpi Shekhsuvim Bechol Lashon, even if they're written in any language, the Loy Lishlu Likrois Bohem, which you're not allowed to read them. 
I, that's the explanation of the Lord. Uktani, and then it teaches, Matzilin, you save them. And this seems to be a rejection of Rafuna. Again, we listed, we can't, he's kind of learning it like we listed three items in this Mishnah. Things you are allowed to read, things you're not allowed to read, and translations, which you're also not allowed to read. And it says you save them. So what do we see? You can save these translations that you're not allowed to read. Which is a rejection of Ravuna. So Amalakha Ravuna, Ravuna says, No, 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 that doesn't make sense. I am a safer. Look at the next clause. To Unignesa. It requires burial. Or, uh, sorry, it requires to be put away safely. Boy, if you're telling me that the Mishnah means you're allowed to, on Shabbos, save one of these translations from the fire, obviously you're not allowed to leave it to get ruined and during the weekday and you'd have to put it away somewhere safe. Again, remember, as I pointed out at the beginning, this is a great heter from two aspects that we allow you to save something from the fire. Um, again, not going to go into them now, but we'll go into them later. But it's it's two leniencies that, no, because they say Kodesh, you're allowed to save them. So if you're allowed to save them from a fire on Shabbos, you definitely during the weekday would be responsible to make sure that they're not left lying around to get uh, ruined and stuff, you have to put them away nicely. So, either way, this Mishnah doesn't make sense. If you read the first part, sounds like that you have to save items that um, you're not allowed to read, either these translations. The second part seems to imply that you have to bury them. Well, if you have to bury, if you have to save them, then obviously you have to bury them. So, how do we understand our Mishnah? So, Ella Rafuna Matari is the time of Rav Chizda. Matari is the time of Rafuna will explain it according to his understanding, and Rav Chizda according to his. Now we're going to show how Rafuna Matari is the time. Rafuna explains it according to his reasoning. Now, if we had a colored Gemara, it would be a bit easier because. We bring in quotes from the Mishnah, saying what it means, and filling in words to explain it. So, the first quote from the Mishnah, Rav Huna used in his start to explain it. He says, um, Whether you allowed to read them, I neviim. Next quote from the Mishnah, Whether you're not allowed to read them, Ksuvim. Of Ahmed filling in the explanation of Ahmed, Varim Amurim, Cheksuvim, Beloshan HaKodesh. This is all when they written in Hebrew. Aval Bechol, Loshan, Eimatilim, but if they written in another language, you're not allowed to save them. Vafilu Hachi, nevertheless, Gniza Bo'u, you have to bury them. So that's how Ravuna learns. You're not allowed to save them, but during the week, you're not allowed to leave them there. Still have a bit of Kedusha, and you're not allowed to just leave them around degradingly. <coughs> Boy Rav Chizda Mataritz Latai Me Rav Chizda explains it according to his understanding. When the Mishnah says whether you can read them, the Vim, that's Navim. What you're not allowed to read, Ksuvim is referring to the Ksuvim. And even if they're written in another language, either there's a, you have a translation of them, you would still be allowed to save it. And this is what it's saying. Gniza. There, even obviously, if you have a whole translation, so you have a you have a chumash that is just a translation, you obviously you Rabbis the whole to save it. But what happens if it's all decayed, and it's like just scraps of parchment with the letters faded and stuff? It says and they still have kedusha to the degree that even decayed parts require Gniza putting away safely. So you have to treat them. Not only when they're a whole safer, you treat them with Kedusha and you save them from a fire, but even when you just have worn out 
pages and pieces uh, or parchment from them, you would have to put it away. Okay, so the Al Mishnah can't answer us in regarding the Machloikas of Huna and Rav Chizda. Again, remember the Machloikas is um, according to the opinion that you're not allowed to read a translation. Are you allowed to save these translations from a fire on Shabbos? So Al Mishnah we just seen is ambiguous regarding that Machloikas. Meisivei they challenge us. If they've written in Aramaic or any other language, you're allowed to save it from a fire. That seems to reject Rafuna because Rafuna says you don't save it. And this Brysa clearly says you do. So He says, no, this Tana holds. You're allowed to read them. I, this Brysa doesn't mention just discusses if you save them from a fire, but it doesn't highlight, are we discussing, remember we started off the discussion, Rav Huna agrees to Rav Chizda, that according to the Tana that you are allowed to read translations, obviously you're allowed to save them on Shabbos. They're permitted possessions, they have Kedusha, and therefore you'd be allowed to save them. The whole Machloikes is only where, according to the opinion that you're not allowed to read them, so you shouldn't really have them. It's, it's, uh, what's a contraband? Um, so Toshma, come in here. If they were written in Coptic, I think that's ancient Egyptian, in Median, in Ivris. This is not what we would call Ivris. This was an ancient Hebrew style, I think, that they had from even before Ezra. Not like our Hebrew writing, which we call Ashurit. The way that we write in a Sefer Torah is called Ashurit. This Ivris is an ancient Hebrew. I think someone was asking me, was it you, Basil, a few days ago, about the Hebrew seemed to have changed over time. So this is this Ivris is the ancient, ancient Hebrew. Um, or, yeah, Rashi, Rashi kind of says it's not, almost says it has nothing to do with it. His language was, um, so let me just find it quickly. Ksav shel Anar. The the writing of those across the river. So maybe it's from Avram's family before he became, before they became the Ivrim and they crossed the river. That would be, uh, so that's the ancient Hebrew we discussed, the ancient Ivris we discussing. Ilmis, in Ilmis or Yavonis or even Greek. So again, so just back, sorry, so we got a bit distracted. So the Bryce comes along and says, if you have these, these, for him written in any of these foreign languages, even though you're not allowed to read them, not allowed to read them, you save them from the fire to the Ravuna. This is a rejection of Ravuna. Again, according to this Brysa, we're clearly discussing, according to the opinion that you're not allowed to read from them, because that's what the Brysa says, still says you save them from the fire, which lines up very well like Lachizda. So Amalaf Ravuna Tanaihi Ravuna says it's a machloikes tanoim. I Urata Spricer lines up with Ravchizda who says you do something, but it's actually a machloikes tanoim. Where do I see the Tanya as we learned in Abraisa? Hoyuksuvim Targumabakalashan Matsilin Osomivnaad Laika. If you have it written in a translation or in, in Aramaic or any other language, you save them from a fire. Rebi Yosi Oimer, Rebi Yosi says you don't save it from a fire. Okay, we'll come to analyze this brasa, but and before we continue in the brasa, we do see here, so far on the surface, a machloikes tanakam and Rebi Yosi, if you have a, a chumash or a, 
a Tanakh written in another language, do you save it or not? Let's just carry on with the Brisa and the Gomorrah's analysis at the end. There was a case with Abchalafta who went to of Abchalafta who went to Eitzel Rabban Gamil Taveria to visit Rabban Gamil the Great in Taveria. So who Rabbi Yosi? It's uh, and so this is Rabbi Yosi ben Chalafta telling a story about his father, Chalafta, who went to visit Rabban Gamliel the Great in Tiberias. He was sitting, he found Rabban Gamliel sitting at the table of Yochanan Nozuf, and Nozuf, and he was reading this translation of Sefer Iov. Omar so he said to him, this is Chalafta said to Ramon Gamliel, Zoharani be Rabon Gamliel, Avi of Vicho Shehoya Oimed al Kave Male Baharabais, Mevulafon of Sifra Yurv Targum. Aram says, Chalafta said to Rabon Gamliel, I was once with your, gra- your grandfather, also known as Rabon Gamliel, that's Rabon Gamliel Azokain, who was standing on Harabais. And they brought him a translation of Sefer Yiv. And he told him, he told the builders who were building there, quickly bury this book in the rows of bricks that you're building. And quickly Rabban Gamliel, the grandson, went and buried it. Um, Rabbi Yossi, Rabbi Yehuda says that's not exactly what happened. He said that they turned over a thing of a plus of a cement over it, a bowl of cement over it. Rabbi, Rabbi says there are two reasons why the second version that he turned a bowl of cement over this a translation of Yov can't be true. They never had cement on Harabais. They used to use this mixture of lime and sand, not cement. So it couldn't have, why would they have cement on Harabais? Are you allowed to actively destroy the Sifrei Kodesh? You pour the cement over, you're ruining the scroll. So that can't be, uh, that can't be the Pshat. Again, interesting answer is, even though you would be allowed to um, let them get be destroyed, because, I mean, by the fire or things like we've seen, you would not be allowed to actively destroy a translation. The only thing you're allowed to do is leave them in an unprotected place and they slowly decay, rot, wear away by themselves. Okay, so just again, so quickly... Um, yeah, before we analyze the story, let's just focus on that. We had the beginning. We'll co- I'll come back to discuss the story. But at the beginning, we mentioned that there was this case with Rabun Gamliel, who they brought him a translation of Ilv, and he quickly hid it. And when he and he heard about that, his grandfather also Rabun Gamliel Azokin, um got it placed between rows of bricks. I hidden between rows of bricks. It says, but man t- man So we said that this is a, t- a tanai. It fits in with Rav Huda and Rav Chizda. Again, Ravun and Rav Chista argued about whether you're allowed to save Sifrei Kodesh that had or transla- or translations of the Tanakh from a fire. And Rav Huna came along and said, it's a Machloikes Noam. So he says, Ilei Matana Kama, 
Verebiosi, let's say it's Tanakame and Rebiosi. I the Tanakame is Rav Chizda because remember the Tanakame said if you have this translation you save it from the fire. And the and Rebiosi is Rafuna because he said you don't save it from the fire. So the so, so maybe that's what you want to suggest is the Machlokes Tanaim that fits in with our Machlokes Amoraim. Says Vatilma Bohokam Fligi. No, maybe they're arguing in the following point. Maybe the Machlokas is the Tanakama holds you're allowed to read from them, and that's why you save them, which doesn't fit in with Rav Chizda's or Rafuna, because both Rav Chizda and Rafuna agree that if, according to the opinion that you're allowed to learn from these translations, you're obviously allowed to save them from the fire. So, Ella Rebbe Yosi Vatana de Gafris. It must be Rebbe Yosi, that's Rav Huna. Again, Rebbe Yosi says you're not allowed to save them. Now, Obviously, we must be discussing in the opinion that you're not allowed to read them. Because we find no opinion that you are allowed to read them and you have to destroy them. So it must be the opinion that you are not allowed to read them. And still, Rabbi Yossi says, you're not allowed to save them. So that's like Rafuna. And the Tamil, the Gafris, the Tan of the Brisa, which said that we read just before, it says if they were written in Gafris, Midjas, Ivris, Illness, Yovonis, even though they're not, you're not allowed to read them, you can save them. Okay, so it's a machloikas tenoim. Rav Chizda and Rav Huna is a machloikas tenoim. Um, now, just to discuss the story before we go on. So just some of the names. Um, we said Rabbi Yossi came along and he said, I'll tell you a story of Abba Khalifta, my father Khalifta. We know you're not allowed to say your father's first name. So there's a famous note in, uh, they, they point us out, the commentaries in Shulchan Aruch, etc. And I think it's Rabbi Kiva Ega, I think he might say it in his son's name, the suggestion. Um, Rabbi Shlomo Ega, um, who was also a huge Talmud Chochum, but he suggests that no, this that you're not allowed to say your father's name is just when you say it straight, because that's disrespectful, that's kind of like a friend. But if you give it the title of my father, Chalafta, like Rabbi Yossi says, my father Chalafta, then maybe you are allowed to say it. So that's an interesting discussion. And oh, not when, when are you allowed to say your father's name and when not? Um, that's the one point. And just interesting, the family here. So we know we have Rabbi Yehuda Hanasi. His grandfather was Rabban Gamliel. Um, and his, and Rabban Gamliel's grandfather was also Rabban Gamliel. Rabban Gamliel... Hazokain. Rabban Gamliel Hazokain was the, Rabban, the famous Rabban Gamliel at the time of the destruction of the temple. He was the head of the Sanhedrin in Yavne, etc. And that's the one who was standing. So again, so we have Rabbi Yehuda Nossi, his grandfather Rabban Gamliel. That's the one who was sitting at the table of Yochanan Anizov reading from this translation of Eof. And his grandfather... Rabban Gamliel Azokain was the one who read. It's interesting. I mean, we see they used to name after their ancestors because there you have two Rabban Gamliels because his grandson was named after his grandfather. You also have a few Shimons. If you look in that family tree, um, it's uh, Shimon. There's like two Gamliel, Rabban Gamliels. There's two Rebbe Shimons, etc. All uh, grandchildren of each other. Um, yeah. They're just regarding the Halacha because we know I mean, have you been to a shul where you haven't seen a translation of a, of a, of a Sefer? And have you ever heard of not reading Suvim? Have you ever heard that you're not allowed to go and read Sefer Eov or Sefer Mishle? I mean, you might not read it anyway, but have you heard that you're not allowed to? So, 
I mean, it's discussed elsewhere in this. Uh, Tosfos brings it on the first page, but I just want to bring it from Shulchan Aruch here in the Mishra Bura. Um, it's Siman Shin Lamedalid. If Yud Beis, that's where Shin Lamedalid is discussing a fire on Shabbos. So he says, so Shulchan Aruch says, Kol Kodesh Matzilin any holy sforim you save from the fire nowadays because you save from fire and you're allowed to read even if they're written in other languages even if they're written in other types of uh, inks we'll read about that shortly in the Gemara and so too um, any brochas written down Brochas and tefillah, sidurim. That's what it would be. Matbeah brochas would be like a sidur. Matzilin oson min min hadleiko mikom okom atrufa. You save them from a fire or anywhere where they just left in the open and are going to get ruined. V'chein targum shekosvul ivru and so to translation that's written in Hebrew. Okay, we'll come back to that later in the sugya. Um, but what do we see? He says you save uh, everything, and then the Mishnah explains. So he says, what's Kisva HaKodesh referring to? So he says, that's Tanakh, Gomorrah, V'cholatz for him. All holy books. Obviously, you first give precedence to save the Torah Shebichsav and the Torah Shebalpeh. Um, you're just skipping a few lines. And then he emphasized, why does the Mechaber come along and say, nowadays we save these from the fire? He says, This that he says, nowadays, He wants to conclude even things that are written in other languages. The explanation is, You're only really allowed to write the Torah Shebiqsav in Ashuris, in like the Hebrew that our Sifrei Torahs are written in. And Torah Shavalpeh, that's Shas, the Gomorrah, and all others for him. You're not allowed to write them down, you have to just say them off by heart. Or If you change, if you write Torah Shavalpeh, Torah, sorry, if you write Torah Shebisav in another font or in another language, or you write down Torah Shebisav, uh, the oral Torah, you're not allowed to read them. Um, how, and therefore, you would not save them from a fire like Ravuna. A passage like Ravuna, that strictly speaking, if it's something you're not allowed to read, you're not allowed to save it from the fire. Nowadays that our hearts have shrunk, our minds and our memories have shrunk. You're allowed to write down Torah so that, it's, that you don't forget it. And so too in any language. And so too you can write the written Torah in any language. Or any font. So that everyone can learn Torah. Because not everyone knows Hebrew, etc. They rely on this. The famous apostle that says, There's a time to act for Hashem and you have to announce the Torah. You, there's an Isur in the Torah to write down Torah Shebaal Peh. There's an Isur in the Torah to write translations of the Torah Shebaal Sav or write the Torah Shebaal Sav in a different font. However, 
to they push that aside to save the Torah. And therefore, you're allowed to read in them nowadays, and you're allowed to um, you're allowed to read them, and you're allowed to keep them, and therefore you would save them from the fire. So that's that would be how it fits in with our practice nowadays. Again, as it sounds pretty surprising that we've just been discussing what you um, not saving all these things, but as we know nowadays. That's why you, we have never heard of this halacha that you talk, that, uh, to distinguish between a translation of a chumash and a chumash and uh, Gomorrah. We treat them all as holy. Again, obviously you treat the Torah Shebech Sav as holiest, but they're all holy. You're allowed to read from all of them. And you, uh, mitzvah to read from all of them. You've got to learn Torah. And you're also allowed the translations so that you can also learn because most of us would not be able to learn without the translations. Okay, carrying on. Um, Again, so the next price is also discussing when it was before it was permitted to write down Torah Shabal Peh. So Ton Rabon and Hapu. The sound is gone. Okay. The sound. The sound yeah, is I'm just trying to see what it could be. Um, can you hear me now? I can hear. Dennis? I can hear perfectly. Okay. Basil, I think it might be your connection. I don't know. Uh, the others can hear. Okay, so um, again, discussing before you are allowed to write down Torah Shaval Peh, it says Habrochas. Brochas. Brochas here refers to Rashi explains all uh, um, davening, the brochas that we sell on food, etc., they part of Torah Shaval Peh. Brochas and Kameos, amulet, even though they have the names of Hashem. And they have many aspects like psukim and quotes from the Torah. This is the amulets. You're not allowed to save them from a fire. You leave them to be burnt where they are. Them and the names of Hashem that are written in them. From here they said, those who write down brachas are like those who burn the Torah. Why? Because if if v'shalom, fire happens, they're all going to be burnt and you're not allowed to save them. So if you write down these things like brachas, like a sidur, if you write a sidur, you're, you're causing it to be burnt. Um, there was someone who was writing these things down in Sidon. So they told Rabbi Shmuel, So Rabbi Shmuel went to see if it was true. While Rabbi Shmuel was climbing a ladder to go check on this guy, what he was up to. This person who was writing these brachas heard and sensed Rabbi Shmuel coming, so he quickly threw them into a bucket of water, a whole bundle of these letters, Veloshan Hazer Omerloi and Rabbi Omerloi Rabbi Shmuel. Rabbi Shmuel said in the following quote, Godol Oynesha Achron Minarishon, your second sin is much greater than your first. The first sin you're writing them down, okay, you're not supposed to, and we said it might cause the destruction of them, when, if they get burnt on Shabbos. But the second sin of actively going and destroying them is much worse. As we know, you're not allowed to destroy Hashem's name, etc. Um, and these are all, as we said, they are holy. They do have Kedusha. You're just not allowed to read them, and therefore we're not allowed to save them. Um, 
you know, there's an interesting question around Moshe Feinstein, and to, to, they touch on Al Gomorrah a lot. Um, relevant, I guess, to most of this page. But there was someone who had some uh, very contagious disease, and he had to go into the, a special unit, uh, thing in the hospital. And it, when they do, if Shalom, the person's niftar, or when they do let him out, they burn everything. They burn all his possessions. Is he allowed to go in with his tefillin? He's going to be living there for the next few years, I don't know how long, and he wants to go in with his tefillin so he can have a tefillin every morning. The problem is, when he's going to, I don't know, when he's cured and he leaves, or when Shalom is niftar from this disease, they're going to burn the tefillin. So they touch on that a lot here. Uh, Ramosh has got, it's like three long chuvas on it, um, debating, and Al Gomorrah comes into it because you're causing them to be burned. Um, also, just, oh, I should have mentioned this earlier, this was more practical to them. I remember a lot of them had wooden homes. You read all the t- time in, in Lithuania, whole villages got burnt down because one house catches a lot and they're all wood, so it just spreads uh, across the whole village. Um, that's actually how Rebleza Gordon, the Roshiv of Tells, was actually, is actually buried in London. Um, and the reason was the city of Tells had burnt down. One of the houses caught a lot and they were all wooden. So most of it burnt down and he had gone fundraising to try to rebuild it. And he was in London fundraising when he was Niftar, so they buried him there. Um, that's your ancestor, Basil, hey? No, yeah. my right father's, my grandmother's cousin. Yeah, so, okay, so yeah, so he was, yeah, so he was buried, he's buried in London because he was there fundraising because the city got burnt down. Ah, okay. Okay, Um, yeah, so he's buried, but because, so I think fires, I mean, we do hear of fires, but fires in those days were much more common um, anyway. Okay, now the Gomorrah asks another question. If they were written in all these other inks, some are different colors, some are not permanent inks, but in Hebrew, do you save them from the fire or not? We can even ask according to Rav Chizdu, who says you do save them. And we can even ask the question according to Rav Hunu, who says you don't save them. According to Rav Hunu, who says you don't save these translations, Maybe that's because they're written in a translation. But here, granted, it's not a kosher sefer Torah because it's written with the wrong ink. It's still written in Hebrew. So maybe there you're allowed to read it and it has enough kedusha, and therefore you should still save it. Um, and you can also ask the question according to... Sorry, I skipped. Um, sorry, that I went back. It says, You can even ask the question of Kontra Abchista. He says, Maybe Rabchista said you're allowed to save translations where they're written in ink and are going to endure. Endure. But here they're not going to endure. Maybe you're not allowed to save it. 
It's just, it's going to get burnt, but it's a few days or a few months earlier than it would wear out anyway. So, the, so maybe he would answer. So he answered him, you're not allowed to save them. He says to him, but we know Rav Amnuna taught that you are allowed to save them. He says, oh, if, you have, if, Ravuna, if a Rav Amnuna is a price, well, then that's the halacha. My Tanya, where do we see this Brisa? So Amar Ravashi, Kedetanya, Ravashi said like the following Brisa. Ein bains forim the Megillah. What's the difference between the other Sifrei Kodesh and to have a Kosher Megillah? Elashas forim nichsavim b'chol lashon. Others forim can be written in any language. And a Megillah has to be written on a scroll in Ashuris, the special Hebrew script like a Sefer Torah. And with ink. We see that a Megillah has to be written in ink, but not another Sefer Torah, but not a Sefer Torah, not the rest of Tanakh. So the rest of Tanakh, if it's not written in ink, it's still Kodosh and you would have to save it. Okay. Um, so the Gemara asks another question. He says, Boy me Rav Huna Bar Cholov me Rav Nachman. Rav Huna Bar Cholov asked Rav Nachman, Sefer Torah she'ein bo lelaket shmoinim v'chamesh osios. The gone parishes by Yibin Saharon, Matzilin also Mibnad Leko, Ein Matzilin. A Sefer Torah, which does not have 85 letters throughout it. It's basically completely worn away, totally faded, or totally, or it's been Shalom eaten by rodents or worms, and you can't get 85 letters like by Yibin Saharon. Um, do you save that from a fire or not? Rashi explains this 85 letters. So let me just find it quickly. Um, yeah, it says, um, the parasha of Vayahi bin Tzairon is 85 letters. As we're going to see in tomorrow's share, um, Vayahi bin Tzairon is kind of, in some ways, considered its own uh, safer. And therefore, the minimum part of a safer would be 85 letters. So anything less than 85 letters is... Uh, Rashi says loses its kedusha as a sefer Torah, but still, obviously, you wouldn't be allowed to treat it with disrespect and throw it out. So, would you save it from a fire or not? Says Amaleiti Boilach Parshas Vayibin Saron Gufa. He says, why don't you ask about Parshas Vayibin Saron itself? I, that's the minimum size. Ask if you just have a sefer Torah with Vayi, that's totally faded, except for Vayibin Saron. The two psukim, do you save it? So he says, no, hechet achasar, parashas vayhi bin saron lo kimi boile. If it's missing, vayhi bin saron, I'm not asking the kivent to ispei haskoros. Afal gav delay spei shmoinim v'chamesh oisios matzilin. No, safer vayhi bin saron has Hashem's names. So even if it doesn't have 85 letters, you would save it. Ki komi boile, save a Torah, she'ein bolalakeit. I'm talking about a Sefer Torah that has bits, letters all over the show. Lelakeit means you have to gather them. I've got a letter here, a letter there, a letter here. She says, this my, what would be the halacha? Do you save it from a fire or not? So, Omalei, ain matzilin, you don't save it. Eisivayi challenged him. He says, Targum shekosvu mikra, umikra shekosvu targum. The Aramaic parts of the Chumash, if you wrote them in Hebrew, or the Hebrew parts of the Chumash that were written in Aramaic, because of Ivris, or they were written in this, let's call it ancient Hebrew font. Matzilin mimnad leka, you save them from a fire. Ain't sorry, loimer targum shebe Ezra v'shebe Daniel v'shebe Torah. And obviously, we don't have to discuss the parts of the targum that were written in Ezra, Daniel, and the Sefer Torah. I, what are we saying? 
There's certain parts in the Chumash and Tanakh, not many, that are written in Aramaic. You'll see the one example in Chumash where there's Aramaic in the Chumash. But in the Vim, it's a bit more common. Now and there you see things. Sefer Daniel has large prokim written in Aramaic. Ezra also. So, uh, so those we see you save from a fire. Even though it's not written in Hebrew, it's how it's supposed to be in Aramaic. And therefore you would save it. Says now the Gemara. Now he asks. Now he brings out his proof. Targum shebek Torah my nihu. What's the Targum? Where do we find Aramaic in the Torah? Yigar sahadusa. This is actually Lovon and Yaakov made a treaty, and Lovon called the place Yigar sahadusa. But that's an Aramaic term. Says Afal tav delay space shmoni b'chamesh oisus. But this is less than eighty-five letters. Remember the pasuk says if you have the Targum in the Torah, it's still saved. Well, the Targum in the Torah is two words. How many letters is it? Um, nine letters. So we see that even in something that's nine letters of the Sefer Torah, you save it. So the Gemara says, no, Kitanya Hila Hashlim. No, that's where the Yigar Sadus of the Aramaic makes up part of the minimum 85 letters. Either Sefer Torah has 86 letters, but included in nine of those letters are from Yigar Sadusa. Do you count that because it's in Aramaic? And obviously you do. That's what you save. Says this that we said there has to be 85 letters to be for you to save a safer Torah. Is that when they're all together in one place or spread out? So let's say you, you find a very old safer Torah and only one posuk of 85 letters is intact. Or you find a safer Torah very old, worn out, and you can just read a few letters spread out over the whole Sefer Torah. 85 letters, 86 letters. Would you, um, which one? So Rav Huna, Amar Mechunaso, Rav Huna says it has to be collect, gathered together. Rav Chizda, Amar Afinu Mechuzaros, and Rav Chizda says even if they spread out. Masev, they challenged him, Sefer, Rav Huna, Sefer, Shebola, Im Yesh Bola, Lakech, Wayne Vachamish, Oshesko, Gompashes, Vayibin, Zoharon, Matzilin, Osobim, Lav, Eim Matzilin, Tufta Rav Huna. We said straight out in a price that we quoted above, that if you have a Sefer Torah, that you have to collect the letters together, 85 letters, for like Vayibin, Zoharon, it's 85 letters, um, then you do save it. Implies lilakate, you're picking the, little, the letters from all over the show, so obviously they don't have to be made into words. There's no Targum Rav Chizda, leave it Rav Huna. Rav Chizda explained it on behalf of Rav Huna. But Tevos, we did, no, that's referring to words. I Mechuna sot in words, collected into words. But if it's odd letters spread out, then you wouldn't have to save it. And I always find it very interesting here. We have a Machloikes Rav Huna and Rav Chizda. Where the, the Sefer Torah, must the letters be collected? To, that you save it from a fire? Or can it be single letters spread out throughout the whole Sefer Torah? And if you have 85, then you have to save it. And here, so Rav Huna, we asked the cash on Rav Huna, and who came to Rav Huna's rescue? Rav Chizda, the person he's arguing with. I think that represents like a intellectual integrity. He knows he's arguing with Rav Huna, but he doesn't want you to bring a proof for Rav Huna that's not true. He wants it, if, if you're going to, he's going to argue with Rav Huna, but he wants all the points that he's arguing on to be 100%. He's not, he's not out there to win the argument. He's out there for the truth. And therefore, if he has an answer for a question that someone asks on Rav Huna, he will give that answer. Rav Chizda will give that answer even though it weakens his position.
Okay, and we'll leave it there for today.